This morning, we're going to look at, for just a few minutes, we're going to look at the title of Freedom, uh, the Good News of Liberty Through Christ. If you would turn to the Word of God, to Luke chapter 4, we're going to look at 16 through 21. 16 through 21, and we're going to look at this title, Freedom, the Good News of Liberty Through Christ. Christ. Hallelujah. Thank God for the liberty that we have, the freedom that we have through Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning we're going to look at verse 16 and it says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was, was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, which is Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to, uh, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Freedom, the good news of liberty through Christ Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you, Lord, that even greater than the freedom that we can experience, Lord, in this country. God, there's a freedom that transcends all time, all nations, in every situation. It's the freedom that you brought when you came and died on Calvary's cross. It's a freedom that we could not purchase ourselves. It's a freedom that God has offered even today to every person, every man, every woman, boy and child. And God, I pray that you would move through your mighty power, that you would open our eyes to see, God, the great and mighty gift that you have brought to us, the, the great and mighty uh, 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 offering that you have brought and the price that you've paid so that we could have freedom. Lord, don't let us miss it. Lord, let anyone that doesn't know you today, God, let them accept you before this service is over with so they can experience the great freedom that you have purchased. And God, move and speak through your spirit. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Uh, 19, July 4th, 19, or not 19, 1776 was a great day. Of course, that's why we celebrate it. There had been a, there had been a several month period where there was turmoil between uh, America, the colonies, and Great Britain. And there was, there was all kinds of uh, issues that started happening to where they put taxation, a burden upon of the people, the colonies, and then when they didn't react the way they thought they should, they cut off supply so that they couldn't receive any uh, resources they needed. And so there was such a turmoil going on in our country that slowly the, the clear uh, uh, 
thing to do, the only wise thing to do was to declare our freedom as a separate and individual nation. It was a wondrous day. It was a day when the 13 colonies, finally after uh, making changes and ratifying the, the, uh, uh, the declaration through several forms it went through, finally on July 4th, 1776, these representatives of these 13 colonies, they voted that they were declaring freedom. And the bells rang and there was a great... Uh, a wondrous thing today that become a document that we still treasure today. But that, that decision didn't come without a great price. We're going to look at today a freedom that just like this, but much more greater, came at such an incredible price. And it's freedom that it's offered to you. And we're going to look at that. And so we're looking here at Jesus. And now, if, if you get the understanding of where Jesus is at in his ministry, his ministry is early and he, is, he has started his ministry and he's been in Galilee and his name has been going everywhere because of all the great miracles and just the wondrous things that he had been able to accomplish in Galilee. And now he's made his way back to his hometown. And we're going to see that he... Uh, this when he comes into his hometown, it's Nazareth was only probably around 400 people that was living there at this time, and they had their own synagogue. Anytime there was a group big enough to have at least 11 men, they would put a synagogue in that town, and so there was a synagogue, and it was one Jesus was used to. And these were a lot of Jesus' family, and these were a lot of his friends, the people that he had grew up with, and so they knew him. And sometimes we can become, we're going to see that you can become a little too familiar. Sometimes you hear something so many times and that all of a sudden it just is downplayed in our minds and we don't appreciate it. Isn't that the kind of way liberty is? Isn't that the way our nation is? Is because we have been exposed in our entire lives that we've lived, we've not known anything but freedom. And so we don't understand the value of what we're losing if we lose that. Because that we've become so familiar and we take it for granted. But I'm telling you, other nations doesn't have what we've got. And so also we need to not take advantage of the liberty and freedom that Christ brings us. It is not something that you can receive any other way. It's the most precious thing that you can get. It's already paid for. And so we're looking at that today. And so Jesus would have come and he would have been asked by this this. Uh, a person over the synagogue that he want because they'd heard so much about how he had progressed as a rabbi. And so they would have asked him, and if you look at the order of the services, there is a period where they read Psalms and then they quote back and there's prayers they do. And then there's a proportion toward the end of their service that they would have had, they would have had a reading from the uh, prophets and some, uh, someone would have read from the prophets and would have stood to read. And then once he was done and would have handed the scroll back, then he normally, they sit down and then they would expound on what they read. And so Jesus would have been able to pick whatever book that he wanted to read from. And he's no doubt asked for the book of Isaiah, the scroll to be brought him, the book of Isaiah. And when they handed it to him and he stood and he unrolled the book, the book and he read from the book of Isaiah and he quoted these verses he rolled it back up 
And he handed it back to the attendant who put it back. And then he sat down. And it says all the eyes were upon him because he was, they were expecting him. And they were eagerly waiting to see what he would say. And so he starts expounding them uh, uh, of what he is what he was reading. And the part that really caught their attention was he was sitting there and they said, he said to them, what I've just read to you, this was written in the book of Isaiah. This was written a long time ago. But what he was saying to them was, but it's being fulfilled today. I'm the one that Isaiah was talking about. And there was a lot of controversy. But we're going to look at today. First of all, we're going to look at two things and some points behind each one. We're going to look at who is the recipients. Who is the recipients that Christ brought and He declared freedom. And then we're going to look at what is the requirements for freedom. And so today we look at, and so the Lord when He came and He's giving this word that He's offering freedom today. The good news is, thank God, He didn't come for just those that were perfect. He didn't just come for those that were the religious elite. And if they were to thought what the Messiah was going to do, that's who they probably thought he would come to and would, would expose himself to. But no, we see that the Word of God tells us that when the Lord came, he came for every the people that everyone else had rejected. We see that first, that the who is the recipients of this freedom that he's talking about in these verses? First, we see that he offers freedom for the hopeless. Thank God for the hopeless. It says in verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He had just been filled with the Spirit and went into the wilderness and was tempted. And then we see him that he comes in and he's been ministering and then he shortly thereafter comes back home. And we see that it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach who to? The gospel to the poor. The gospel to the poor. Now the word it's using here for poor is not necessarily talking about poor in finance. This is talking about a spiritual poverty. This is the exact same uh, uh, word that when he's talking about in Matthew 5, 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. He's talking about those that are broken, those that are weak, those that have a sense of helplessness in themselves. That's who Jesus came so that he could pour out his spirit. He's talking about someone who has a moral and spiritual poverty in their life. And we know, don't we realize that? Isn't that how we get saved? Is that all of a sudden in our life, the Spirit of God uh, uh, touches us? When, when I was a sinner and I was running from God, there was the period when I was, God, I was so miserable because the Spirit would touch me and He let me see how much in need of God I truly was. And I was poor in spirit. I was broken. I realized that I was a wretch. And I realized that I needed the Lord. Thank God. He's saying that is who I've come to offer liberty. And what he comes to do is to say, I've come to pay the price to set you free. You are bound with chains. You are bound with darkness. You are bound for destruction. But I've come to give you life and to bring this gospel is the good news. He's saying, I've come to bring you good news you that are 
heavy. You that are broken. You are that are spiritual destitute. And that was me. And that was you before you give your heart and life to the Lord. Thank God that He comes and offers freedom to us, or to us that are hopeless. Amen. He's coming to those that realize that they are in spiritual desperate straits. And we need Him. You know who else He said He's coming to? He, Jesus also offers freedom for the broken hearted. For the heartbroken. In verse 18 it says, And He hath sent me to heal the broken hearted. He's talking to the ones whose life is in shipwreck. He's talking to the ones who were unworthy. Those that are outcasts. The rest of the world wants to push them off to the side because their lives are so broken that everyone else has given up hope on them. They don't want any part to do with them. I, I, as I was reading that, I was thinking of that Samaritan woman. That Jesus actually said that I must needs go through Samaria. It was his priority that day. He got up early and the thing that he said I must do, I've got to go to a place where Jews don't even go so that I could be at a well at the exact moment when a woman who has been so broken, who has been so destroyed, that she is so... She's had so, so many tragedies in her life. She is so spiritually bankrupt that she has lost everything. She has had five marriages. She's now living with someone she's not even married with. She's in a situation that she has to come out in the hot of the day when no one else would dare come out to go to the well. They've gotten it when it was cool, when the sun was just coming up. And now when no one else will come to the well, that's when she has to make her way. Why? Because no one wants anything to do with her. Every day she's standing there as the heat beats down on her head, no doubt thinking about how did I get in such a mess? How did I get in this place? where I'm so broken there is no hope for me my heart is broken because of the decisions I've made and I can't seem to get freedom and then one day when she comes to the well to her surprise a man, a Jew is sitting there waiting on her Isn't that, what a wonderful picture that Jesus was waiting on her he came at that very moment isn't that the way he was in your life and my life that when we get to that place where we're desperate, He's already there waiting for us. And we see that He offered her freedom. He started telling her her past. He started telling her what He wanted to do for her. And all of a sudden, hope sprung up in her heart. Why? Because someone was offering hope and freedom from the destructive past that she's had. He wasn't rejecting her. He wasn't condemning. He didn't come to condemn, but to save. There's a time when there will be judgment. There's a time for those that reject Christ and the freedom that He brings. There will be judgment. But thank God we're in a period right now where God's mercy is extended, where God's freedom is extended to those that are heartbroken and, and, and has sin in our life and is not worthy. Thank God He doesn't say, get yourself fixed up. Try to live right for a period of time. Try to memorize so much Scripture. Try to do all these things, then come back, and then I'll talk to you. No, He comes to us exactly where we are. I don't know what your circumstance is this morning. I don't know what you're struggling with that you can't seem to get free from. I don't know what is going on in your life that you're broken. And maybe you don't even want to go to church because you think everyone's judging you. But the Lord Himself said right here, I've came to heal those 
those whose heart is broken. And that's what he did for this woman to someone that no one else would even get around. He came and his, and his desire was to minister to her. To show that he loves those who are broken. Even though it's due to their own sin. He wants them to know, I've come to give you freedom. I've come to give you liberty. And that's what he came and did in her past. Isn't it a wonderful Savior that we serve that comes to those that are heartbroken? Not only did He come to those that were hopeless and those that are heartbroken, but Jesus offers freedom for those that are hostage. Those that are hostage. It goes on in verse 18 and says, Because He hath anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives. Those that are in such, in such a state with Satan that he has got his tentacles around them into where they've got chains wrapped around them and they can't get free. We see that the Lord says, you can't be, uh, you can't be so bound with Satan that I can't give you freedom. No matter what, Satan's telling us, he tells people, don't try to get away. Don't even try to struggle anymore. You can't get free. But we know that the Lord said here, He's come to those that are hostage. He's came to those to deliver those that are a captive. I was, as I was reading this, I went to the fellowship building yesterday and I was thinking about that verse and I was standing in there where we haven't had any activities in a while. I looked over in a corner and, 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 and there, is, there was some like cobwebs in the corner, a spider's uh, cobweb. And uh, in that cobweb and down below it, there was a host of large insects, you know, caterpillars and, and several wasps. And I'm thinking, my goodness, how incredibly powerful that web must be that even wasp could not escape its uh, a grip. And, and I was thinking about that, and I was thinking that, and I've watched before, have you not, when something's got in a spider's nest and something much bigger than the spider, and, and we see that it's caught, and it seems like the, and the spider a lot of times will not come near it. It'll just stay off to the side and watch because he's got its prey in the spider's nest and web. And we see that it lets that victim struggle and move and try to get free. And the more that it tries to get free, the more entangled it becomes till finally there comes a point when it struggled and struggled with all of its might and it can't struggle anymore. And then it's time for that spider to come in and to take its prey. Why? It now has no energy. It's now given up because there's no energy left. That's what Satan does to lives. That's what Satan wants to do in lives to say there's no sense to you even trying to get away because you can't. The struggle is too powerful. The chains I have on you is too great. You need to just surrender. You need to just give in. But the Lord says, no, I've come to give you freedom from those chains. There's no chain that my name's not above. There is no struggle you're going through that I can't set you free from. I, I'm telling you, I'm thinking, I know, I know some uh, young people that have gotten a hold of and gotten addicted to drugs. And, and they have gotten, and, and, and one of the most powerful drugs is, is meth. And I, I had a, a young man that was part of my youth group, and he got addicted to meth. And they say that if you just use it one time, 
that you're already addicted. It's a powerful, incredible thing. And the enemy of our soul tries to cause us to get addicted to things. And then he puts his chains about us. And there's times when they struggle. There's times when they struggle, they want, and their mind is, is, is clear, and they want free, and they want freedom from it. And in their soul, they're crying out, just like that man did, Legion did. He was standing there crying in the tombs. Why? He wanted to be free, but he couldn't break the chains in himself. He couldn't set himself free. But thank God, Jesus heard him cry. And he came to him. And his legion came running to him. He set him free. And he for once in his life was not cutting himself. He was not sitting there naked. He was not sitting there fearful and rejected by his own family in the entire city. Fearful that everyone wouldn't even get around him because they were scared of him. But all of a sudden, he was sitting at the feet of Jesus in his right mind. And he was clothed. Oh, what a wonderful picture of what the Lord's talking about here. That he comes and wants to set us free. And there's no chain. There is nothing that you have that binds you. I don't care how great it is. You say, you don't know what I'm being bound by. You don't know this addiction that I have. I mean, the devil wants to addict you with many things. He wants to, to addict you. Because that word there, by the way, is talking about a prisoner. It's talking about actually a prisoner of war. And it's talking about someone that is under bondage and can't set themselves free. And we know that the enemy tries to get us to be in bondage to his power. He wants to. He sometimes will even get you to be addicted uh, to uh, uh, guilt. Sometimes we are addicted to the fact that we can't get set free because of the things that we've done. And we can't even think, God, you can't forgive me. Lord, it's too great what I've done. You can't forgive me. And so that guilt wraps us like a prisoner. And so we think we can't be set free. Sometimes we're in bondage to sensualities, to, to uh, things in this body, the things that this body can experience. And we're driven to those things and we can't get it out of our mind. And we're addicted to those things. And in fact, our country, the majority of the country, a great number. In fact, I've seen a statistic that shocked me many years ago, 70% of pastors in the pulpit are addicted to pornography. What an incredible scourge. And if that's the pulpit, what's going on in the pew? And we know that the enemy tries to trap people. The enemy tries to ensnare people. But the Lord says, whatever the chains are, I will set you free if you will only let me. I was thinking, I've told this illustration before of the, of the story that I heard of how they train these circus elephants. In fact, most of the, the circuses are gone for the most part. But they, if you see these great and massive elephants in these circus arenas, you will just you realize they've got these little bitty chains on their legs, and you you realize by looking at it, why well, if that elephant just moved that leg, it would snap that chain. It's not big enough to do anything. But what happens when that that elephant supposedly is really small? They don't put a little chain. When that elephant is really small and doesn't understand what the struggle and freedom is, he they take and put a large log chain on that little elephant's leg when it's so little. And that little elephant will resist and try to pull and try to set itself free. And that chain starts kind of cutting in on its leg and it starts becoming painful until every day the elephant struggles little less than the day before and the pain becomes so great to where it finally in its mind gives up hope and said there's no way I can be free 
free. And it quits struggling. And then when they see that that's going on, there is a mental situation. You can't be free. You might as well give up that's going on. And we see that they then can take that big chain and they keep stepping it down smaller and smaller and smaller till finally is a large elephant that could be free. No question could be free. They just feel the little weight of a small chain on its leg and in its mind, it's already convinced itself. There's no reason to struggle. I can't get free. But the Lord has come today. I don't care what that chain is. The Lord's come and says, I will set you free. There is no chain too great for me. There is no chain that my name is not above that name. I will set you free if you will just let me. Charles Wesley said this, uh, these, these lines might be part of one of the songs he wrote. And he said in 1739, talking about the freedom uh, that Christ gives us, he said, he break, talked about the Lord, he breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood availed for me. He realized the freedom that Christ had brought him and he was thankful for it. And so we thank God that he offers freedom to those that are hostage. He wants to set them. That's who he came. If you look at this list, who he comes to, he's coming to the ones that no one else wanted to be a part. None of these synagogues wanted these people to be in their services. No one. These are the ones that's rejected. These are the people that are hurting. These are the outcasts. These are the lowly. These are the ones that are hurting so much. And yet it's the Lord came and said, you are who I'm coming to proclaim liberty to set free those that are hurting. Jesus also offered freedom for the helpless. Couldn't help themselves. It says, in, on, going further in verse 18, and recovering of sight to the blind. He's saying, I've come to those that don't even realize how much they need me. I've come so that they will be able to see their need for me. Let me tell you something. How does he do that? He does that through the power of that Holy Spirit that shines a beam within her heart and illuminates the darkness and the sin in her heart because we can go through a period to where all we're doing is seeking pleasure. All we're doing is seeking fame. All we're doing is seeking to have one more experience. And in our lives, we look at other people and we think that in ourselves, well, I think I'm okay. In myself, I feel okay because I see a lot of people worse than me. And so we can convince ourselves that we're okay. And the truth is that we're totally uh, uh, contrary to what God wants us to be. Sin is reigning in our life. And because we are looking at a judge, a scale of looking at others that are sinners also, we convince ourselves we're okay. Okay. And he says, I'm coming to recover the sight to the blind so that when my spirit shines in your heart like he did in my life, that when he shines in with his light, that I realize I am a sinner that is far from the things. When he shines with his light so that we see that we don't match up to this book. Don't judge yourself by anybody else. Don't judge yourself by the way you think. Don't judge yourself by the way you feel or hope. Judge yourself by this book right here. The word, the living word, Jesus Christ says that we are going to be judged by Him. And we are going to stand before Him. So we need for His spotlight of the Holy Spirit to shine within our heart so that He can reveal sin 
in our life, and then we can see our need for Him. That's what's going on in the age we live in, is that greater than ever before, we have pushed the Spirit of God out. We've pushed God off so that we convince ourselves that we can live any way we want to, and we're ready to go. We're ready to meet Him, only to convince ourselves a lie. And so the Lord wants to reveal to us, and He wants to give us new eyes so that we can see the way He sees. In fact, when He called Paul to ministry, He let him know this was the ministry that he was giving him. It says in Acts 26, the last part of verse 17 and 18. It says, I am sending you, talking to Paul, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. He said, "What I, your ministry that I'm giving you is so that you can go and reveal a spotlight so that they can see their sin. The other night I preached about Stephen and, and talking about his message when he preached. And he went and he started from the beginning, from Abraham, and he came all the way through and he showed the Savior and that the Lord was sending the Savior. He was talking about some of the other uh, 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 Jews before the leaders had killed the prophets when they came. And then he points a finger and shines a light on them and says, And the Lord sent His Son, the Savior Jesus Christ, and you are the ones that murdered Him. And all of a sudden, what made them so angry that they killed Him? He shined a spotlight. The Word of God through the anointing of the Holy Spirit shined within their heart. And then all of a sudden, the darkness was revealed. And they were bitter and they were angry. Why? Because He exposed the darkness that was hidden in their heart. Listen, don't sit around and try to just guess if you're okay. Don't sit around and try to hope you're okay. Let the Spirit of the Lord who's come to help you and those that are helpless and hopeless and let Him open our eyes and give us new eyes. In fact, this is also what Jesus was talking about in the book of Revelation when He comes and He is in this vision that He gives to John and He shows him one of the churches who thinks they're okay. In themselves, they think they're okay. They present themselves as okay. And he's letting them know, you're blind. What are you talking about? You think you're okay. Here's what he says in verse 17 of 18, chapter 3. It says, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. And what he's talking about was free. All they had to do is take hold of it. All they had to do is ask for it, and he would give it to them for free. But they thought they were okay. Why? Because they were judging through their own mind, their own thoughts, their own beliefs that they had made to make themselves feel good because of everybody around them. And we can't do that because we are not being judged by others. We are being judged by the Holy One, Jesus Christ. And so He's come today so that we can have our eyes opened. And so that's what we need to see. And then the last point on this one is that Jesus not only offers that, but He offers freedom for the hurting. There's people hurting everywhere. There is people hurting everywhere. They've got heartbreak. They've got things that has totally uh, pushed them out. They've been bruised. They've been battered. They've been oppressed. It says in the end of that verse 18, it says, He hath anointed me 
to set at liberty them that are bruised. It's talking about someone that is broken in pieces, someone who is shattered, someone who is broken. Let me tell you something. There is way more people that is broken today than that is made well. There is so many people that is broken that the enemy of your soul says there is no hope for you. He's got, he is totally dominating their minds. He's dominating them that they're with a sense of hopelessness. He, and even, they could even be hurt from someone even in church. He, he'll convince them that God doesn't care about them, that God doesn't see them, that God will never turn it around. This is just your lot in life. And today the suicide rate is off the charts. It is phenomenally worse than it's ever been. Why? Because their sense of such hopelessness hopelessness in people who are hurting. They're looking for the answer. They're looking for someone to set them free. They're looking for someone to love them. They're looking for an answer. And he's come today and he's saying right here, I've come to set at liberty, to set free them that are bruised, those that are broken, those that are hurting today. And if that's you today, let me tell you something. He's calling out to you. If you'll just give him your life, if you'll just bring him the broken pieces, if you'll just bring him the, the, the destructed life that you have and lay it at his feet and say, here I am. I'm not much, Lord. I, I'm not got much, but I give you my brokenness. I give you my pieces. And you know what he wants to do? He'll put it together. He'll make you greater than you've ever imagined. He'll give you his strength and he'll heal you and he'll make you what you never dreamed you could be because why his spirit will reside within you his power will come and redeem you and put a hope within you and so today that is the ones that he has called that's the recipients of the good news that he's bringing he brought it to the hopeless the heartbroken the hostage the helpless and the hurting, do you fit any of those criteria? Was that you? And maybe that's you even today. God is coming through the gift of His good, uh, the good news that He offers. He's came to set you free. And He offers that. But today, finally, what is the requirements? We see who the recipients are, but who's the requirements? What is the requirements for freedom? Listen, the first thing is freedom doesn't come without a price. When our founding fathers signed that document and they put their name on that document that declared freedom from Great Britain, it was a death warrant for them. It was an incredible death warrant and people, there was a, an incredible loss of life because of this declaration of independence that has been signed. That's what makes this so powerful. That's what makes that document so powerful that men was willing to put their name on the line to say, more than anything else, I want to be free. And, but it came with such a price. Not only did the America becoming free cost such a price, but the price that you and I can accept today that the Lord Himself was coming and offering to us, and today He's still offering it, it came at such a price. A price that you and I could never pay. It was impossible, it still is, for you and I to pay the price for our own freedom. But God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. It came at a price of the life of His only and His beloved Son, Jesus Christ. What an incredible price. And He offers it to us today, but will we accept it? Have you accepted this gift that is free? That is going to be, to one of the, to, to me, is going to be one of the most tormenting things that will be in eternity. We're all going to be there. Every single person in eternity is going to stand there before a holy God. And the only thing that's going to matter is did we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior? Did we confess our sin and accept Him as our Savior and let Him wash us clean? And when we realize how easy it is, sometimes it's so easy that we take it for granted and we push it off to another day. Sometimes it's so easy, but when we get standing before Him, for those that are not ready, and they're standing before Him, and they're waiting for their name to be called, and they're sitting there trembling in His presence, the only thing that could go through their mind is every opportunity that they had, that they could have called out on Him, and could have just accepted Him, and they could have found it, and because the price was already paid. Your name is already ready to be written on the book of life. And all we have to do is accept it. But it came with such a price that no one has ever had to pay before. That incredible offering that God Himself gave for you and I. Oh, I pray that you accept that freedom. What else is a requirement for freedom? from freedom? Is freedom doesn't come without a price. Also, freedom doesn't come without a battle. They signed that document. They celebrated they, uh, they had fireworks. They had uh, bands playing. They declared freedom. They declared to be separated, to be a sovereign nation. And for a period of time, for a small period of time, nothing happened other than Great Britain tried to laugh off this document that it didn't mean anything. But it didn't take very long when they tried to uh, when they realized this, that they were serious and that this was something to be contended with, it wasn't long till troops showed up on the shore to try to push back the freedom that was declared. In your spiritual life, there was a battle even on Calvary's hill. There was a battle raging. And Christ won that victory. But let me tell you something. Even in your own life, there will be battles. There is going to be struggles. Because the enemy of your soul does not want you to receive freedom. He wants you to be bound by His power. He wants you to stay in darkness. He doesn't want you to be thrust into light and to have hope and he will struggle and he will fight you and that's why there is millions and millions of people who hear the word of God and even though they know they need it they reject and in fact this group of people that Jesus brought these words if you read on in that chapter you'll find out that they rejected him they these were his own family this was his own kin these were people he grew up that he knew and he loved no doubt and yet, because they said, is not this Joseph's son? And they rejected the message of freedom. He couldn't do anything in their midst because they knew him. And yet, he offered them freedom and his heart broke. There is a battle that goes on. In fact, they got him out because he, uh, when he kept telling them that, listen, 
Freedom is offered, and I want to do something in you. But he went and pointed back at different times in Scripture that the Jews rejected the power of God and the Lord, and God actually ministered to a widow that was a Gentile. And he kept through two or three examples. The Gentiles is the one who received the blessing. The Gentiles is the one that were hungry and needy and received the blessing of God, even though the Jews didn't. Why? They rejected him. They didn't believe in him. They didn't receive what he came to offer them. And so they got so angry with him that they got him up on a precipice and they was going to push him off. They hated him. They were so angry. They didn't receive freedom. In fact, they rejected it. They held on to the things that they had been doing. They held on to the darkness that was in their heart. And here God himself offered his liberty to them. And they rejected, they tried to kill him. And it says that he just walked through them like they were nothing. Why? He's God. But he offered them freedom. And they stand before him one day saying, we had a chance. Life was right there in front of us. God himself was speaking to us. Our hearts burned within us, but we couldn't receive the message. We rejected it. And now we are lost forever. So we see today that the requirement for freedom is First, it doesn't come without a price. Second, it doesn't come without a battle. And finally, freedom doesn't come without acceptance. Freedom does not come without acceptance. What are you talking about? You have freedom offered to you. And you can hear about it. You can know about it. But you have to receive it. It's not it is made available to you today. But unless you reach out and take hold of the liberty that Christ has given you, you can hear all the wonderful messages that you want. You can listen to podcasts all day hearing the good news of the gospel. You can read the Word of God and your heart burn because it tells you how to get saved. You can memorize the Romans road of salvation. You can do whatever. But unless you yourself Reach out and take hold of faith and ask Him to come into your life and accept the freedom that He's offered you. You are still lost. You are still not set free. And the opportunity is there before you. And you're still in bondage. It's hard to even believe. Uh, but there was a, during the war we had with uh, Japan, the war ended. The Americans, of course, we defeated them. They surrendered to us. And there was a lieutenant, a Japanese lieutenant, that was fighting us in the, in the Philippines. And the Americans were advancing. And he was a lieutenant that had, and he was also a, a, an officer that was a, uh, a, 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 a officer that his, one of his oaths that he had taken was that he would not uh, uh, try, he would try his best not to die, but he would do espionage. He would be, if he got separated, that he would hide in the jungle and as, and as he could, he would find the troops and he would try to take them out a little at a time. And then when he could, he would come back and try to find his people and the Japanese army and tell them who was there and what was going on. But it was his job to try to take them out a little at a time and not to die if he could. He knew how to die, but he wouldn't. And so he fulfilled that battle. The war had been over. For 29 years. It wasn't. And his name was Lieutenant Hiro Anada. And he had been in those jungles. For like 27 to 29 years. It wasn't until 1974. 
that people had started to come to him and found him. In fact, he kept killing the Filipino people. He kept doing attacks on people that was in those forests. And they would find them and he would think they were enemy. And he would do his espionage. And he, would, he killed like 30-some people. Why? He thought he was still in war. He didn't realize that he had freedom. He didn't realize the battle was already won. He didn't realize that he was already set free. All he had to do was accept it. And people would even try to tell him. And he thought they were lying to him. And he wouldn't accept it. It was not until the Japanese government found his, his uh, uh, commanding officer that he had served under and brought him and flew him out into those jungles to come and relieve him from his commission and let him know, you have now been released to go home. And he finally laid down his sword. And I seen a picture where he, took the, he released and relinquished, uh, relinquished his sword to the Philippine president. He finally surrendered. Because his commanding officer finally came and told him to lay down his arms. I mean, you can respect the fact that he was, had that tenacity to not give up. But you also can see that how many people today that are still in bondage. People that are still bound with change. People that freedom has been offered. The victory is already won. Hey, you look in the book. You look in the great book, uh, uh, the Word of God. And you can read it and you find the victory is already won. The freedom is made available for you. Christ already won. Won the victory. All we got to do is hang on by faith, and the victory is already won. But you must accept it. You must accept it, or you're just as lost as if the freedom had never been won. You have to personally accept it, and now is the time to accept it. We see that verse 19 says to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. In fact, 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can receive freedom. And if you have already received it, if you, all you that have given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, today is not only a day that we can celebrate the fact that we live in this free nation, the greatest nation on the earth who needs revival, but still the greatest nation on earth. And we can celebrate that. But we as Christians can celebrate something that is eternal, that we have been set free from the bondage of sin, from the penalty of sin. And it's all through a gift that was given us free, paid with the greatest price ever known. And that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are free. We are set free. And so every day is a celebration of the freedom that we have through Christ. But the most tragic thing is, there is millions and millions and millions of people who have not accepted it. Who still shirk it off. And they keep going their way only to reject the love, the power, the presence, what God wants to do in their life, and it's made available. It's free. They can be free, but they have to accept it. They have to reach out. And today, that's what we need to do is pray that God would open blinded eyes, that they would receive the gift of freedom to know the greatest thing that they could ever know is to be free of sin. I remember the night I got saved and I had backslidden before as I got saved when I was seven and through my teen years got farther and farther away from God, backslid in a horrendous way. 
And then it came a point in my life, I was so miserable. I remember starting to come back to church, and I was miserable, and I was miserable. And some of these things, these things in my mind, I'm not worthy, the Lord ain't going to save me. All these things was going through my mind. I finally got desperate, so desperate one night, I came down to the altar to pray. And I remember the weight of the sin the change that I brought with me and I drug them with me to the altar and I collapsed at the altar and the weight was so heavy. And I remember the, the feeling that the devil was screaming in my ear, he ain't going to hear you. You ain't worthy. He's not going to do anything. And I almost listened to that. I almost listened to that. I remember my wife next to me and, and me sitting there thinking, oh, it's too late for me. God, it's too much. I, I, you're not going to do it for me. And then he said, and in my mind, I felt like, well, then my wife, she, never, she, needs, to, she needs to get saved. And I was like, well, God, please just save my wife. Lord, please save me. And something about that moment, all of a sudden, I'm telling you, it was the most real thing. It was almost, I could feel it pour over the top of my head. I felt it. I felt the cleansing power of His blood wash me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. It was such an incredible experience that I had that, that it's not always that way, but it was so incredible to me. And I guess because I needed it so much and I was desiring it so much that I felt Him wash the sin away in my life. And all of a sudden I felt clean. I felt free. I got up from that altar and there was such a joy in my heart. There was such a peace in my heart. I knew I wasn't uh, on on my way to hell anymore I knew that I was no longer these chains had now dropped they were no longer attached to me I was now free I was now set free from all those things that had me bound oh and I've never wanted to go back I've never wanted to pick, oh, I've made plenty of mistakes, but I never want to pick those chains back up because I never want to go back there. Why? Because He gave me the greatest joy. He gave me the greatest freedom, and He's still working on me. And you know what? He didn't just do it in my life. He wants to do it in yours. And many of you all can rejoice today because He has done it in yours. But there is people today, no doubt, that's watching that needs that freedom, and they make excuses every single time of why they'll wait later. But why would you carry them any longer why would you carry those chains why would you take a chance on eternity when the freedom is offered you today don't know just what it's like to live in the greatest and freest nation but know what it's like to serve a God who wants to set you free his goal and coming his message and good news is for those that are bound those that are indifferent those that are lost he came for the worst and he wants to save you and he wants to transform your life and it's available to you today if only you will let him. Oh, what a wondrous Savior. Will you that are Christians pray with me this morning that God will set someone free this morning? Because that's, listen, that's what he wants to do. That's what the purpose is uh, today is he wants to set us free. Even as some of you Christians, you may say, I've been set free, but there's still some things that's bondages in my life. There's still some things I'm dealing with in my mind. It may be bitterness. It may be fear. It may be anxiety. It may be a lot of things that there's bondages that you're facing. And it's the enemy that's trying to wrap chains around you and to hold you back from what God wants. The Lord has come to set you free and to give you complete liberty today. And He'll do it if you'll let Him. Today as we pray, if you don't know Him, all you've got to do is ask Him to come into your heart. Ask Him just that simple process. Lord, I'm a sinner. Will you forgive me of my sin? I believe Your Word that You've came to set us free. And I trust You and put my confidence in You. Let's pray together today that the Lord would do that.
that. Lord, you see them today. Lord, let them pray this prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I'm undone. I feel the weight of sin. I feel chains around me that bind me, and I feel like there is no hope. But you promised that you would be my hope and that you would set me free. You would break every chain. You would set me free and forgive me of my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. Today I give you my life. Wash me clean. And Lord, I give you my full life. I put my trust in you. Today I am yours and you are mine. Oh, if you prayed that prayer today, all you got to do is reach out in faith and you will feel the chains break. You'll feel a hope fill your heart. You'll feel the joy of freedom that you've never known fill you like never before. And all of a sudden, it's not something that's just temporary. It says that he that the Lord has set free is free indeed. It's not a temporary thing, but he will set you free and he changes the trajectory of your life. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing even now. Now, God, I pray for others. That God, that Lord, and maybe are facing things in their Christian walk. The enemy is trying to get chains upon them. He's trying to bind them down and tie us down and keep us from becoming what you want us to do. God, you didn't come so that we could have most chains. You didn't come that some chains, but God, you come to break every chain. And God, I pray that through the power of your Spirit, whoever they are, you know, Lord, let them know you're right there in that room with them. Let them know you're right where they are. And God, I pray that you would set them free. God, they would feel a freedom in their mind that starts in their mind and throughout their entire body. All of a sudden, they would feel the load lifted. They would feel the chains drop. The joy would fill their heart like never before because that's why you came. And Lord, just as you did here in this scripture, you're right here today. You're right where they are today, setting people free. Even your children that the enemy wants to bind up, set them free, God forevermore. Give them joy. Give them peace. Give them deliverance. And we thank you for that, oh God. And then finally, Lord, for those, God, that are living in victory today, we thank you for what you've done, that Lord, you loved us when we were unworthy. And God, you set us free so that God, that we could live every day waiting for that one day when that trumpet will sound. And Lord, we know it's not far into the future. And God, we thank you that we're free. And God, that we're going to see you face to face. And we'll be able to thank you for the freedom that you've given us. Thank you that we didn't keep going down that road. Thank you, God. We didn't have to keep living in sin and darkness and being in despair, but God, the joy that we feel is because of the greatest freedom we've ever known. We thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. God, you come for the worst. You come for the wicked. You come for us. Oh, Lord, that's not worthy. Lord, you are such a wondrous God. We thank you for that. And God, we rejoice in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we just praise Him this morning? Praise Him right where you are for what He's doing. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, this Sunday morning. Lord, this, this, uh, Lord, this Independence Weekend. God, Lord, there's people's souls. It's just, Lord, they're giving their heart and life to you. I thank you for that. God, we can experience the greatest freedom, and we thank you for that. God, thank you for this nation. Thank you for, God, what you're doing, that you've not given up on us. God, let there be such a revival that, Lord, our churches would overflow. God, that you would move with your mighty presence and your spirit, God, meet every need. You see every need that's out there, Lord. You see everyone whose heart is heavy and everything, Lord. You know that need. And God, I pray that you would minister to them right now. Whatever they're going through, you'd be that need meter. And you would be that chain breaker. And you would be the one that would set them free. God, let us get good reports. 
of your faithfulness and your mighty hand. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for this weekend and for your goodness, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.